Welcome to Superfans Into the Multiverse. I'm JJ and this is Nick and we will be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League in our second episode. This will just be clearly a review. Okay, we're going to start this off first with what we thought was great with it. Um, so Nick, what did you think about the movie? I mean, we'll probably just have to get this out of the way. It was way better than the original. It definitely did a lot of justice and just like cleared up so many things. Like it was just so much better than the original. Yes, totally agree. I, I do agree. I do feel though that even though it, it was a decent movie, that there were some flaws and we are going to go through some constructive criticism because we don't want to shit on the movie. We don't, but we, there were some logical questions that didn't make total sense to me. And we'll get into that a little later, but right now we're going to just put off a couple points of what we loved in the movie. So I'll start here. Uh, very close to the beginning of the film, Zack Snyder's cameo was really cool. He was in, Lois Lane was walk, walking out of uh, the coffee, the coffee shop. shop. Yeah, I love that was, part. Yeah, it was like very Hitchcock kind of cameo. It was really cool. Not not like a Stanley cameo. It would have been cooler if he had a Stanley cameo. But this was this was pretty this was pretty sweet. Um, it was nice to see him. Um, so yeah, uh, Nick, you got one. Uh, yeah. So I, I want to say Steppenwolf looked way better. Like his armor being reactive, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's. I, I thought that was cool. Like uh, the arrows in him when he's fighting the Amazons and he just kind of like does like this movement and like the armor crunches them out or I don't know how that like pushed them out somehow. That mm -hmm. was, I thought that was sweet. Um, yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, I liked how they changed the Russian city in the, in, in, that they take over, like the Steppenwolf does, has no inhabitants because in the original like J Joss, uh justice like you know joss whedon's version or whatever yeah um had people in that city and it felt really weird forced that, almost yeah like a little forest like i know joss whedon made that decision so they had people to save but it felt like the amount of destruction and everything that was happening it was just another metropolis and it would make more sense if people weren't there because mm -hmm. like who lives yeah. right next to a nuclear reactor like that yeah like <laughs> that just made no sense it was like why wouldn't you just move yeah uh so the next one is uh the divided we stand batman line was was phenomenal i thought that was like yeah he tried he's like i tried to divide us so long um it was delivered perfectly by Ben Affleck. He did a great job in this film. He totally, um, totally uh, redeemed himself from the jokey Batman in the original Justice League movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, so much better. Uh, I thought that was great. So, uh, Nick, what, what do you think? Uh, what's another point you, that you enjoyed from the, the movie? Uh, this one's quite simple, because, like, I know we got so many on this list here, but... I just want to say like the tiny little gorilla grod, like the nod to that, like how he knew sign language, but in like, um, like to talk to like to apes or gorillas, like that was, I found that kind of cool. I was like, huh, that kind of sets him up for future stuff or at least nods to another yeah. like, important Flash character. It, it is really cool. And it would be sweet. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with the Flash movie. We don't know who the bad guy is. We All we know is that Batman 89 is going to be the Flash movie. And so is Ben Affleck. So... I wonder if we'll get to see Gorilla Grodd. 
if he's the main bad guy, that'd be pretty sweet. I thought he's always been a great bad guy. Um, I think they could do him justice in a film. Um, so I'm going to bring up another point here. Uh, Cyborg putting his arm around his mom during the crash. It was very quick. I've watched, I've watched it three times now. So I put essentially 12 hours in. And I didn't notice the first time that he made a movement to like hold his mom back as the car crashed into them. It was very quick, but it kind of shows like Cyborg's character. He's will, like, he's willing to put himself to protect. He wasn't protecting himself at all. He tried to protect his mom. Um, yeah. He was bracing her for the impact, not himself. So that just shows, I thought that was great. The whole the Cyborg's whole story is great in, in it. They did him justice this time. Uh, I don't think, most of that was in the original Justice League. I don't remember. I've only seen that movie once because I was like, I don't want to ever watch this ever again. Um, <laughs> when I first saw it in theater, I was like, I paid good money for this shit. Like, you know? Uh, yeah, it was I, it was disappointing after seeing this. Well, it was disappointing when we saw it. And then now yeah, after watching this, it's like, it I'm even more disappointed in the original. Yeah, they took, they took out so much that would have been great. So yeah, seeing that little moment of him protecting his mom was awesome. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Nick, what about another point? Um, I'm probably gonna stay on the cyborg uh, train here. Like just like all his scenes were so great. Like we actually got to see who he was like as a character and like give him some background and like like the football scenes for me were really cool because I knew like he played football. He was like an all star. Like he was great. Like he was great in school. Great at football. And just to actually get to see him like being a good person without having to be cyborg and like helping that girl with her grades and like just his whole development throughout the film was just so much better yeah and that that brings me to another point is uh diana's heart to heart with cyborg when they first meet she says that she lost somebody she loved all that stuff and cyborg is gives the line that i i thought was a little i don't know i i'm, a, I'm a criticizing a little bit when he says fuck the world i'm like i'm like come on buddy that shocked me i'll be honest i wasn't yeah, expecting that yeah because like every like you didn't originally know that it was an r-rated film from what when we watched it did you no i i personally because like when the movie was going i was like i didn't see anything that made me think oh this is r it was i just thought it was like pg-13 yeah so yeah it was a big thing that originally when they were talking about the Zack snyder making the movie that it was going to be r-rated i don't know if you saw that originally so i don't think that was like the perfect moment for him but i felt the connection between wonder woman and cyborg they shared a certain sadness um for their lost loved ones it's that's pretty much for every leaguer but i felt like it was really done in that moment um because you know like barry allen lost his mom uh and he lost his dad to the, being sent to prison and then batman lost both his parents and his adoptive son and <laughs> aquaman <laughs> lost his mom which is still alive but she like disappeared and uh you know ton like tons of stuff like that they all uh, have tragedy in their lives so i thought that was cool that they connected uh even though he took off and was like leave me alone um i still think it was really cool so yeah yeah i agree um speaking of like we'll just kind of keep going on character development the flash was so much better with context still not my favorite adaptation of the flash but he when we actually got to see him other than the guy that just like met Batman said, okay, I'll get in your car. Let's go. Yeah. It was yeah. so much better. It was, I don't, I don't totally agree with this version of Barry Allen. Ezra Miller is only doing what he's been told. I think Ezra Miller is a great actor. I'm not, 
Uh, I'm not shitting on him. I found him a little annoying more than anything. None of he didn't seem like a good comic relief. Um, mm-hmm. The way they wrote him, okay, not not as Ezra Miller's uh, execution of it, but that scene, and you know what scene I'm talking about if you've seen the film, <laughs> totally redeemed him running back and pushing like like basically like reversing time but also like reversing matter so like every step is like becoming ground again oh my god like we were watching it with another friend uh and he just said that he said what i was thinking totally redeemed himself he made that character moment was insane where he's like oh i can't even remember what he says it's like future make your own future make your own past it it's all now or something like that it was it was epic. That was an epic, epic part of the movie, and uh, r- really made the watch worth it. That part specifically. So yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. And like with his whole like getting to see Iris, and like although it was like a really small interaction, it was just cool like to see his powers before he gets yeah, thrown into he, this giant war. Yeah, and he, how he tore out of his shoes. That's how fast he is. Like he moves. <laughs> like that was. <laughs> wearing bare feet that's why he has to wear that special suit that's like doesn't burn up that makes so much sense um, I, oh yeah go ahead go ahead, go ahead. I, I the only thing i didn't get from that is like how he came across that material um <laughs> <they> didn't <laughs> touch on that at all but maybe they will in the new movie that he's getting a new suit that's what uh that's what the, they said for the flash at the their dc event so that's pretty cool okay, correct yeah, me if ahead. i'm wrong this was like a small detail in that scene where he tears his shoes did you see the lightning bolts on his shoes I did not. I've watched it three times. I did not notice. I thought they were just like red and like converse looking things. Like I'm going to have to go back and triple check, but I am almost certain there was lightning bolts on his shoes. That is cool. If that's true, if, if that's true, that is really cool. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to another character here. One right. that I thought was really well done in the movie. Wonder Woman all the way through. Well yeah. done. her fight scenes everything was was pretty much perfect okay Uh, and her character development felt good too because when she faces off against steppenwolf for the first time and she pushes him through that wall and then he's like i'll fight this one on one to one leave her type thing to the parademons and she's like i belong to no one and i was like okay that's a pretty cool line i thought that was a really cool line in the movie um yeah so that's all I got to say about uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, one we'll talk thing, about one critique I'd have to say, I know we're saving the critiques for later, the yeah. music. If they just kept her like original soundtrack for all her fight scenes, yeah, I would have been I, fine with that. A junkie XL changed the, the score for the movie uh, this time around. I don't, I do not know why. <laughs> I, I, he said he just felt like he was a better composer later on. Like he, kind of developed more and honestly that first scene when they have one woman come in to save the kids and all that stuff that music i i wasn't vibing with it i have to tell you the truth yeah. but we'll get into that a little more later um so nick what's another point you think you want to bring up here um i thought the batmobile scenes were better like i don't know if they changed a whole lot of them i just thought like like i just liked those scenes like i thought those were great yeah it was pretty kick-ass yeah I, I really enjoyed Batman. He kept trying to sacrifice himself. He, he, he like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, don't worry about play. me. Trying to make the big play, the sacrifice play. And uh, he, he was, he survived. So <laughs> that's a good thing. 
Um, the thing is, is like there isn't enough background for him to just throw himself in the fire for people to be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like comparing to Iron Man's sacrifice. Yeah. Like there needs to be way more like, there's got to be way more movies in between, more development, like just more like more things in between for I him kinda, to do that. I kind of agree. They There's been so much talk recently after it being released and how successful it's been on HBO Max uh, and Crave and all the other places they released it because I, I heard they released it on some different platforms in Europe. Um, but yeah, what I got from it is that he had a lot of planned sequels and he put out his ideas. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little later. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And we'll get into that. So yeah, and now here's something that I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, ben Parker getting a mention <laughs> in the DCEU. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because the MCU has not mentioned Ben Parker whatsoever. I don't know if Zack Snyder was kind of giving like MCU oh, a little bit of an little FU. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, and like last night, I paused it right at the right moment, pointed it out. I was like, "There it is. There's Ben Parker on the on the memorial at uh, for Met Metropolis from the original Man of Steel film." So yeah, uh, what's another point you got, Nick? Uh oh man, like, uh, let's see. I might use one of yours just because you have so many. Go for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh man, I'm blanking here. Let's see what we got. Uh, the music felt a little bit out of place with the Flash's introduction. I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, it was it was definitely a weird choice. There was some weird choices with actual songs, not like the themes or anything. Um, I do agree with that. Uh, so. Do you have any more uh, positive <laughs> things to say? I'll be the, honest. The... Like, I think we kind of got through them all. Mine were pretty simple after just one watch through. Yes. Yeah. Uh, last thing I got to say, Dark Side was awesome, but also kind of flawed a little bit. We'll talk about that right actually pretty soon, like probably right after this, this sentence. Uh, we're going <laughs> to go into criticizing in a little bit because there's some things that didn't make total logical sense and we're not shitting on Zack Snyder that's not our plan here okay no. this is constructive criticism we don't want to anger any fans this is just what we I've watched the movie three times I'm a fan I just I do this to every film MCU films everything I I find the little problems you know and they're not necessarily plot holes they just don't add up okay um so I'm going to start off right off the bat. There was a weird moment right there in the beginning of the film with Aquaman. So <laughs> Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So Aquaman says no to Batman and basically calls him Batman in front of all these people. They may not know how to speak English, so it might be okay, whatever. Um, but then he disappears in the water. He takes off. And then these women start singing. And yeah laughable like i don't know if he was trying to get more tone out of it it just felt like we could have cut the scene off with bruce wayne just leave we didn't need to hear this song she the woman picked up his sweater after he dropped it. he took off his shirt before he went in the water um picked up his sweater and sniffed it so that was a little creepy i don't know if aquaman's got like a stalker there or i don't know uh, <laughs> yeah that was, just, was oh so unnecessary it, it felt strange you know like i was like that's not a good start you know i got a little worried 
Um, but I was, I still ended up enjoying the film. Uh, uh, like one thing to add to that, like I understand that he is like their savior technically like that's how they would probably classify him because he's bringing them food when they don't have anything like it's a poor little village like all that like i get it but it's like do you have to sniff his sweater yeah it's, it seems a little creepy I don't yeah know. like a little like oh she's weird yep <laughs> like she's really really into aquaman um, <laughs> yeah uh so here like i said wonder woman was almost perfect in the film there was one thing that bothered me so when she was saving the kids from the terrorists she proved she was fast enough to like stop all the bullets when he's like just spraying at them with an automatic weapon um which was awesome but then he's like i don't believe it and she's like believe it and then she uses her god power that she has and just blows up the building (laughs) yeah like for one one guy (laughs) for one guy like she was fast she would have been fast enough to stop him from reloading (laughs) and also when she took out everybody in the room before that before she took the bomb and jumped out um i still think she had enough time to knock that guy on his ass like she did with everybody else so um yeah like it just it really just seemed like it was like they wanted to have her have another really cool scene but it was like it didn't what is the point yeah and it like endangered everybody else outside because those wrong those rocks aren't styrofoam like uh, styrofoam yeah yeah uh (laughs) So, you know, like hitting the first responders, what if one of them died? Like, you don't know. Like, like what happens in, then? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, she's just like, oops, leaves. Like, what's yeah. going on there? So, oh, yeah. man. Okay. I got one that's pretty, like, this one. I think you put this down, but I thought this, like, when I saw it as well. So, it was in the Amazon scene, like, where they were fighting Steppenwolf and all that. And it was right near the end. The girl that gets, like, the horse lands on the girl but it yeah. doesn't land on the top of her body. So it was just like her legs. So I don't really understand how she just died. Yeah, like cut off circulation. Like you think she would just lose the legs, like if it was that bad. Plus like, I don't understand Amazon's power levels here. Like I know yeah. they're like, like some of them seem stronger than others, just saying. Um, but like dying from just your legs being broken seemed like, a little too dramatic. like did she fall asleep like they don't really explain it she just kind of like goes limp and i'm like uh yeah like there's no okay. internal organs <laughs> <And I> this <laughs> also know? like now thinking about it so you know when they were closing the cave right yeah. like i'd say like all the amazons are like relatively like strong right yeah those two were holding up like that boulder that was like way more than a horse yeah and you're telling me the queen can't just take the horse and like lift it off of her yeah i i don't know man like there that that was a weird a weird situation and also for the queen to stop fighting and just let him escape like i don't i don't think like amazon's fight till the fucking end man yeah like like it, it seemed like a really like there's a lot of stuff where i was like what is happening yeah like still a great scene when they they came like they had the whole like army of Amazons coming to back them up. And then uh, Steppenwolf was like, peace out. And just like, <laughs> took off. <laughs> oh uh, it was gosh. still kind of cool. He was like, oh, I can't take you guys all on right now um, type thing. So oh, okay. uh, just speaking of that, I'm going to add to that because this one's a small one. The uh, boom tubes. So the entire film, they're always like vertical. Yes. And then right at the end, there's like i I guess you could say horizontal and it's like what (laughs) yeah to show dark side granny goodness and the sod i was like that's just convenient 
Like, why? Like, why isn't that like that before? Like, why wouldn't he just look to see what he's landing on? (laughs) Every representation of a boom tube in the comics and the TV shows, like Justice League and everything, is horizontal. It never made any sense for it to be (laughs) vertical. And I don't know why they made that decision. And just to change it up at the end and be like, okay, so so is it just like Steppenwolf prefers vertical boom tubes? Like, <laughs> like that's his thing? Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was very strange. Um, so we're going to talk about our rating here, okay? We, we talked about it a little bit. Found it totally unnecessary yeah. to the whole film. The blood and everything they showed didn't feel like bloody or gory enough for me to be like oh yeah that fuck yeah it's mortal Kombat r-rated type shit you know uh and they said fuck three times you're able to say fuck once in a pg film so uh (laughs) seems like a little bit of like an over exaggeration of an r-rated film yes and i want to talk about one of the f-bombs i saw people on twitter talking about it batman saying the f-word Okay. Yeah, that kind of caught me off guard. It didn't feel right. I know this is Zack Snyder's interpretation of the characters. They're not interpretations of the characters from the comics. And that's that's okay. But I do prefer the interpretations from the comics a little more over these characters. They still have really cool character moments. I got to give them that. But it, you know, how can I explain it? The Joker and that, like, that was a cool scene. I agree. Like, the them like kind of like going back and forth saying they're going to kill each other you know stuff like that um that felt kind of cool but then after you think about it why why the fuck is joker even with them if batman's been trying to kill him for years yeah like batman does not care he's killed he killed a bunch of people in batman versus superman he killed a bunch of people here like well aliens not people but like he does not care so then you just randomly team up with the Joker and tell him he's going to kill him later? Like, just yeah, kill like, him now. What is just, the Joker going to do? <laughs> yeah, like it just never... Yeah, no, that's okay. It just never really made any sense. Like, and I, I don't mind that interpretation of the Joker. Like, it's not my favorite. The but like, it's terrible. Yeah, like his laugh, it's too much wheezing, not enough laughing. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's the other thing. The nightmare scene, I, I, I thought it was cool at the start. Um, but then they had Superman land and then it ended. And that's where I thought they made their mistake. I know they didn't have a lot of uh, budget to film more, but if you want me to lose my mind is to show Superman just massacring, like, like killing everybody. And I wanted him to kill Joker first and just like stare at Batman being like, I like, because he's got super hearing. He probably heard their conversation. He's probably in a little bit of an F you or something like that's what I, yeah. wanted to batman like and that's 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 the thing we're gonna talk i'm it's i'm dragging on a little bit because this cuts into something else so they showed glimpses of the nightmare realm from the kryptonian ship in cyborg's head okay so it showed dark side showing up wonder woman dying we don't know how she died she's just dead they're burning yeah. her on a pyre okay with coins on her eyes <laughs> with coins on her eyes like I guess that's Greek stuff. I'm not totally sure. Um, but it goes into the to the thing that uh, they show Kilowog dead, which was really cool. I thought that was awesome. I didn't bring that up in our good thing. Kilowog was, looked awesome. Um, yeah. But in that moment, it showed 
Batman's like Superman holding Batman's cow. And part of the card that Joker offered Batman for a truce flew through the air, ripped in half. Like it was, there's only half of it. So that makes me think that the Kryptonian ship had has powers of premonition, can see into the future, and showed Cyborg the exact same future that the Nightmare Realm's in. Now here's the thing. When they, when they were showing Darkseid and they actually showed him using his Omega Beams, he killed Aquaman. Okay? Yeah. But at the end, in the Nightmare verse, like Nightmare whatever, timeline, um, they show Mira and she's like, I want Superman to come so I can kill him for what he did to Aquaman. What the hell did he do to Aquaman? Darkseid killed him. So if these two premonitions are connected, what the hell did Superman do to Aquaman? Probably nothing, because we saw Doomsday I'm not Doomsday. Dark side kill Aquaman. So I'm, I'm yeah. a little confused on the logic there. Like, I, I would have loved if they went into a little bit more of an ex- explanation or even showed Superman killing Aquaman. I, I would have been fine with that. It just doesn't make sense for Mira's motivation to want to kill Superman after Dark side killed Aquaman. It doesn't really make sense. Um, so, yeah, that's just a little bit of a logic thing that got me going. Okay, Nick, mm. what what do you got to say about that? Uh, honestly, I'm going to, I think I got one of yours here, but like, I didn't notice this, but like, it'd be cool if you could explain it. So they crashed the ship and then it came back and got them in the end. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So Batman's like a uh, carrier, okay, uh, that, that he brought out outside the thing. He drops them off. He blows up the, the force field and flies in. And he starts shooting a bunch of parademons are coming at him and stuff. But then he, I can't remember if it gets shot down or something happens, he crash lands into a building, okay? And then he cuts the power, the parademons open it, like forcibly open up the ship, and he drives out of the, with the Batmobile. At the end of the film, not what should have been the end of the film, uh, <laughs> they, they're all standing on top of the, I don't know what to call those. The like reactor. The, the reactor, yeah, the reactor. And they do the cool, like they show all set, like six of them or and they do a pan and then they pan back and they show the ship flying totally fine, opening, opening the hatch for them to go in. Um, But I'm like that crashed, like it, like it crashed good. Like they show the crash. So I don't know if they changed something like halfway through because they couldn't like, they couldn't like maybe part of this was from Whedon's cut. Part of this was from Zack Snyder's cut, you know, and they just just wouldn't have aligned. It didn't line. I don't know if that happened. It felt like a lot of scenes did that too with the cohesion thing. So there, this is the DCEU. And I heard that the, the Zack Snyder thing is not canon. Okay. Um, sadly, I think it should be. But uh, this goes into a problem here. Mira's hair. So it's like <laughs> natural redhead in Zack Snyder's film. And then in the Aquaman film, James Wan's film, um, she has like bright red, like went to Walmart, picked up like really red dye hair. Okay. <laughs> and then in the nightmare scene, back to normal, like natural redhead looking hair. So that bothered me. I don't know why. I'm a little nitpicky there. There's no cohesion between movies. And then this makes no sense how Atlanteans communicate. So Wonder Woman was talking to Batman about Aquaman, saying this must be an Atlantean. Um, and a water breather and batman says but i i was talking to him on land and then she's like half breed okay so how the fuck does mira talk on land how does Volko talk on land and then underwater they make sonar sounds like like yeah like dolphins and then make air bubbles to actually talk 
Um, so that doesn't make sense because the introduction of Falco, Willem Dafoe's uh, character, he makes an air bubble, but Aquaman's not in the air bubble yet, but you can hear Volko talking before that. <laughs> so I, I so there was like a lot like a lot there and then the atlantean soldier that they brought up to like tell him where the mother box is and all that shit he spoke and was breathing fine uh, yeah. on land so like what what was that comment that wonder woman made like she just doesn't know atlanteans can speak like they, why make that comment if if you know that um so yeah no uh, i get that yeah like there's just like a lot of little problems and this one's pretty funny like it's why does the flash take the bus yeah that that kind i kind of thought about that one a little bit just for justification but i think they should have done it this way is um they should have shown him saving people or something in in keystone or center central city um i almost said keystone city which is a different superhero uh, yeah <laughs> he could have been saving somebody in central city and then he got late for his job even though he's the fastest man alive but then he comes in, but in the, in the movie, he just comes in, he says a bus was late. I'm like, dude, you could have just ran over, changed your clothes, went in, if it was yeah. an actual bus issue. Like, you shouldn't even be taking public transportation anymore. Like, <laughs> you might rip up your shoes, but just take your shoes off and carry them. Like, I, I don't know, you know? <laughs> like, there were so yeah. many options there. Um, but if they did show him saying that he actually saved people on, on, on the way, like, kind of like a Spider-Man thing, because Spider-Man's always late. Like no matter but that what. makes more sense. He's not the uh, fastest man alive. Alive, exactly. And even in the Flash comics, there's times where he takes off and he's the fastest man alive. He saves a bunch of people, but he gets there late anyway. Like he can't time travel back five minutes to get to his, I don't know, a birthday party or a movie or something. You know, like he was going to do with his friends. So that that is a little nitpicky problem. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'm going to talk about. I don't understand why dark side is from another universe because mm-hmm. what in the comics and in the like justice league tv show when i was a kid and all that stuff um i just understood that apocalypse and new genesis and like all the new gods and stuff like that they came from like a faraway place from earth but they were still in the same universe so they made it that dark side was from like a completely different universe yeah and that was a little conquering conquering the multiverse and i'm like okay yeah i I, I didn't get that yeah like it felt it felt a little weird this also brings up the weird confusion about earth so they were there thousands of years ago and they showed that the earth fought back but they also found the anti-life equation on earth so when stefan wolf comes back he doesn't know the anti-life equations there but then he recognizes Wonder Woman, he says that she has the old God, God's blood in them. Well, Steppenwolf wasn't even in the original inv- invasion. We didn't see him there. Unless he was there in the background or something like that. He's just chilling in the ship. In the ship or something like that. But you, how do you forget that this Earth with the old gods, you can remember the old gods, you can talk to Wonder Woman and all the, the queen and all that shit about, and have all this knowledge and not know the anti-life equation is there. And then how does Darkseid forget which planet he went to with the anti-life equation? Like that doesn't Yeah, and it's the only one that he lost too. Yeah, like how do you not realize that right away? It it doesn't make total sense. So I don't know. I felt like if they didn't find the anti-life equation there in the first battle and then 
Steppenwolf just came across it somehow. Yeah. You know? And then said, we found the anti-life equation. And then it'd be like, oh, amazing. We'll come. Like, we didn't realize it was there in the first place type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, that could have been, like, a way to fix it because it, it feels really weird. And that's the other thing. Like, the knowledge that Wonder Woman had from hieroglyphs, okay? She had so much knowledge about the mother boxes when she was talking to Cyborg while she was trying to talk him out of going in and like ripping them apart, trying to desynchronize or whatever the hell. She had so much information. I'm like, you learned that from hieroglyphs? You weren't there at the original battle. No one understands what these are other than Cyborg. He actually had to explain to them that they're like living matter. Yeah, exactly. It was, like that. She just knew too much. Yeah, like you didn't, like it was like they're trying to put like uh, exposition, but from the wrong character, you know? Like, yeah. Um, it didn't feel right so another like little point sorry to cut you off but like something that i wanted to know but maybe i missed it but it was just like why did dark side hate steppenwolf so much like what was he like what did he do they alluded they alluded to it right so apparently there was some kind of betrayal from i wanted to know what that was that would have been cool if we got more information on it but uh it was some kind of betrayal and steppenwolf was on their side for like a second or something like he didn't realize what was going on and then he killed he made a mistake and he killed the the usurpers or whatever the hell um so and then for his punishment for his like he lost his loyalty and then gave his loyalty back or whatever the hell he has to get fifty thousand planets or something or fifty thousand planets and um that's all we know that's Hmm. the other thing uh about that is the one line talking about the anti-life equation like i i'm a little fuzzy on what it means in the comics i've heard a lot of different interpretations um but it's essentially supposed to just like control life like control all of existence like like mind control that type of thing so he alluded to that and like what about casual viewers he alluded it with one sentence steppenwolf said something along the lines the anti-life equation is here it can conquer all life like that type of thing Mm -hmm. but it the why superman turns evil okay and i found that out on my like third watch (laughs) was that superman losing lois lane from dark like dark side kills lois lane and he loses his connection to humanity i'm like what about his mother what about everything else whatever um so that's the anti-life equation can take over his mind because i'm like it makes no sense like superman would kill dark side if dark side killed lois like why is he turning yeah. everybody in on dark side side i found that out later like on the third watch it kind of clicked in my head and they didn't explain that well they, they never did like originally in batman versus superman when, they, when we had like the nightmare first thing, scene and superman was coming for batman and all that stuff uh, and they had the superman militia that was on his side and all that stuff um yeah they didn't explain it. They just said that Lois Lane died. And I thought, okay, what if Batman in Batman versus Superman actually accidentally kills Lois? I could see that making Superman like super evil. Hate him, yeah. I hate him and go after him. But it doesn't make sense. You know, like if Darkseid did it, he should be going after Darkseid. But then Darkseid just applies the anti-life equation to him and boom, he's a bad guy. So yeah, I, I don't know. I felt That's like it's a they- whole mess they made it a little more clear for like casual audiences because like people are going to watch this that are into like mcu films or like superhero films and then they don't get enough context they're not going to understand it 
they're just going to be like, okay, that was pretty decent. Like, I like there should be more explana- uh, explanation there. Um, yeah, I agree. It's a pretty big, pl- like, thing in the plot, too. Like, it's a really important thing to go over. Yeah. Like, it feels like you need more information there. So, yeah. And what else should we talk about? Uh, I got one here. This one's pretty funny. It's like that scene with Wonder Woman and Alfred, like, showing how to make tea. Like, I thought that was kind of, like, quirky, but, like, funny. But it was also kind of awkward. Yeah, it felt weird. I don't know. Like, I didn't find it, like, as a comic relief thing either. Like, Jeremy Irons trying to be, like, situational funny type thing. He's a great Alfred, made... though. Yeah, he's awesome, Alfred. It just feels like he has OCD or something. <laughs> like, he's really trying to, like, explain how to make tea to Wonder Woman, which has been around for, like, 5,000 years. Um <laughs> She probably knows how to make tea. Maybe she does it a different way from you, but like, like that type of thing. So um, yeah, I agree. That was pretty yeah. funny. Um, do we got the? I think we kind of got through our list here. Yeah. Are we gonna head into the after the fact news? After the fact news. So I'm gonna let Nick start. Uh, he's gonna give off the news that came out after the that uh movie released because there was so much i tried to collect all of it there's a lot um so yeah go ahead nick okay i'm gonna hmm, i'm gonna start with like zach snyder say like he was saying he won't or sorry he says he won't quit hoping for a justice league sequel after like the success like the snyder cut had and i personally i want to see a sequel just because like it it was technically a cliffhanger and i want to see him right the wrongs of some of this movie yes i agree but here's the thing so news before this is news before that it released uh zach snader said um that he doesn't want to direct another superhero movie after justice league (laughs) like he said that right out the bat but then he says he wants a sequel so here's my compromise here zach snader becomes executive producer his ideas are still fulfilled but we get a new director yeah, like that why would not? Be perfect. I think that would be great. Definitely not Joss Whedon though, because fuck that guy. <laughs> like, let's not <laughs> give him a chance. He might have made Avengers good, and then kind of made Avengers all Age of Ultron okay. But yeah, let's not touch on him anymore. So we'll move on to the next one. Zack Snyder's next movie, Army of the Dead, is finished. Now I am really interested in this project because I liked the Dawn of the Dead movie Zack Snyder made. I thought it was really good. Um, awesome zombie film uh this one has dave batista which i'm a huge fan of love that guy yeah he's so funny yeah he's hilarious i haven't i loved him in stuber i think that movie is awesome um so we got a trailer a while ago and it looked really good like it looks like they're doing pulling some kind of heist like they're taking out going to las vegas it's totally zombied out and they're trying to extract a shit ton of money but it's all like uh, army type dudes mercenaries I guess and it just looks like it'll be like a bit of fun um, so that's coming out on Netflix some point I do not know when but uh, we know it's finished so it's coming so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Nick, next point <laughs> um, I kind of want to go with like the Jared Leto like how he compares his Joker and Suicide Squad and the Snyder Cut like it's an evolution he said like that's his quote and I mean, sure, like, it's probably better, but I just, I don't know. I've never 
love that adaptation. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, I loved. I know a lot of people are gonna hate on me for this. I loved Gangster Joker. I thought that was a cool take because we got Criminal Mastermind Joker, we got Depressed Joker, uh, <laughs> Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, and uh, we like we needed like different takes, and we got Mark Hamill, which is my all-time favorite Joker uh, from the DC animated universe. Yeah, uh, he is oh amazing. Uh, best right so having a totally different joker was the right way to go a lot of people didn't like it i thought the tattoos were cool um so i was a little a little surprised when they showed him in the nightmare and he the tattoos are gone is he just putting on extra makeup over top of it like yeah did he get him not, removed <laughs> yeah like what, what happened in between that time still cool to see him and um i don't like jared leto the only thing i have a problem with i thought his performance was good in suicide squad i thought he delivered his lines well in the nightmare scene i just think the laughing needs work needs work yeah i don't know how he can do it because like keith ledger's laugh was great mark hamill's laugh was great joaquin phoenix's laugh made me very uncomfortable but it was great you know yeah like (laughs) his his is almost like it just crosses the line to that point where you're like, okay, hey, that's uncomfortable, but that's what the laugh's supposed to be. This one's just yeah. like, I don't want to say the word annoying, but it just doesn't sound right. No, I totally, I totally see that. So um, we'll move on to the next point here. Uh, Zack Snyder confirms he has plans for Zang Kai's, I'm trying to say that right, Ryan Choi, to return as the Adam in a Snyder Cut spinoff movie. Now, I want that because I did Same. really like that character. I thought he was cool to be seen. And I don't think he was in the original film at all. I no, think they cut him out. I don't think he was. Uh, if I could be wrong, only seen it once. You know, maybe I should go back and watch it and give it another shot, um, just to see the differences. But I don't think he was in the original one there. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of potential. Like I agree. Like oh, he just yeah. he, he was kind of funny. Like the one joke he made to uh, Cyborg's dad, that was like a little out of pocket, but it was still like, oh, good try. Yeah, yeah, he's a little awkward. He's a scientist. That's okay. I'm <laughs> like, that's not good. He seems like a cool character. Now he's head of Star Labs at the end of the film. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, I think well, he'll become part of the Justice League if there are sequels. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's move to the next point here. Oh, I got a good one. Okay. Uh, this is like, yeah, it's just about Cyborg. Essentially, like Zack Snyder says he regrets not doing more to help set up the solo Cyborg movie. And personally, if they ever did or ever want to make that, I'll support it. I 100% would support it too. Thought Cyborg was great. But all the problems Ray Fisher has brought up with WB, I feel yeah. like, and getting canned off the flash, I don't see that happening unless there's a large fan outcry. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say, bring him back. You know, he did he's a, a great job. cyborg. Like, he's a great cyborg. Exactly. He did a great job. Um, and I feel like they could just say they made a mistake, come to some agreement and bring him back because like the guy seems like a legitimately good guy. And he, I don't know. I just, I think they could somehow reconcile and come together. You mm-hmm. know, another character out. that like their potential is really high for that character. And then like the original cut, like made it seem like, okay, that wasn't that great. But then you see this extended cut and you're like, wow, yeah, they did a good job. Uh, what else do you got? I know we got a couple more. So this is coming back to the R rating thing that we talked about. 
Snyder says the ability to add decapitations and smushed heads is a pure exercise in creative freedom. The filmmaker says that freedom to, led to the, a whole new examination of how godlike characters would fight and act during the heat of battle. I completely disagree with that. Mainly because we've had Justice League cartoons, we've had Justice League stuff where they are essentially like they are gods among men, other than Batman. Um, yeah, the rich guy. <laughs> yeah, the rich guy. Um, and they have been able to fight, but keep it PG 13. Like they're not killing anybody, they're not really doing that. Superman's not beating an alien to death, which he did to Steppenwolf. That was like a little out of pocket for me as well. Like when I first yeah. saw that, like you kind of, it was like dark side was like kind of like looking in and it was kind of like a wide angle of it. And I was like, holy crap. Like <laughs> he's I mean, really just, going in. He's giving it to him. It was just like, I, I don't know, man. Lasering off his horn. I was like, Superman want to do that. Like he's a defender, you know, yeah. that's how he, I've always seen him. Um, but that's okay because it's Zach's interpretation of Superman. He's yeah, exactly. Um, but in just my personal preference, I like my Superman as a defender, as like a people person. He goes to, for the saves. He doesn't go up and beat the shit out of everybody. You know, that's not his thing. Um, it's just, yeah. yeah, if he beats on people, it's like one punch because that's all you need for, for most, for most and, of them, unless he's fighting like dark side or something. Yeah, like I've off, seen but... like the cartoon adaptations of Superman fighting Darkseid and obviously he's not holding back, right? So I guess you could say like he was just kind of giving him the dark, like giving Steppenwolf the Darkseid treatment, which makes I... sense if you put it like that. But I don't know. It's a little too like aggressive Superman yeah, for what I little, thought. A little brutal. Like why don't not just like knock him out, put him unconscious, throw him at Darkseid and be like, stay the fuck off my planet. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of decapitating him with Wonder Woman and just like I didn't think that was gonna happen. And then like Darkseid just steps on his head and I was like, What? <laughs> I'm like, that was your uncle, man. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, this guy just gets disrespected all over the movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh okay, this is this is an interesting one. Um Zack Snyder says Snyder Cut comic book continuation could happen in the future if there's a fan support. Well, I can tell you right now there's enough fan support. Um, yeah so i can see this coming relatively soon um you know and it'll be great like i'll read it i'll check it out for sure but uh still hoping that wb realizes how big the snyder cut was and maybe gives them actual continuation films not saying that he should direct it maybe he should executive produce and let somebody else take over just saying um any way they do it just continue the story in some way with his kind of view and vision mm. for it. Yeah, like um, they can't just like take out his vision, create a whole new movie because then it doesn't connect. People love when things connect. Yeah, and the MCU is totally shown that. Like it shows yeah. that that's successful. That's why it's a little hard for me to go from movie to movie and have these things. I know they said Zack Snyder's new Justice League film is not canon. The old Justice League film is canon. And I'm like, why just switch them out? Like, yeah, like <laughs> no one's going to get mad. Yeah, like I feel like that'll be better. Like I don't want a shit movie in there with the good ones, you know. Um, yeah. But what what can you say? Honestly, um, like I don't even know. There's just so much stuff that like, like it's off screen is what the problem with like the movie essentially because they're not 
accepting his vision of the movie, even though everybody likes it or most people. Most people like it. Yeah. A majority. Let's say. Yeah, that's a good one. It's doing pretty good uh critically i think i think it was like last time i checked 78 79 around tomatoes for critics which i'm like that's good he's getting the recognition he deserves because i've loved i loved Zack snyder's 300 thought it was great watchmen i enjoyed it but there was definitely some problems with that film sucker punch i did not like dawn of the dead i loved like loved 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 that film and um what else? What Man, of Steel. Man of Steel. <laughs> I, I liked Man it. Like, there's problems with it, but I liked it. Yeah, I find it enjoyable. Like, I can watch it uh, every once in a while and be like, I like this film. Uh, Batman vs. Superman, the normal version, not into it. Extended cut, hell yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then Justice League, is, it, it's really good. Like, I, I honestly would give it a 7 out of 10. Just yeah. because of some of the logic disputes in my head um so yeah i agree I a seven out of ten is a perfect like maybe a 7.5 on if you ignored some of the like you said logic disputes but yeah seven seven point five okay so did we i think we got i think we got through it all well i guess we could talk about Zack snyder confirms lois lane was pregnant which i thought I was interesting <laughs> Um, I don't know the timeline between the movies at all. Is it three months? Like, what is it? Um, because there is a part where she opens her nightstand and she's got a pregnancy like test just right there. I don't know how that shit works. Do you guys just keep pregnancy tests around all the time, especially after your boyfriend died? You know, um, felt like they were trying to allude to something, but they never really said it. Um, and then Zack Snyder comes out and says it. And I'm like, come on, man. Just like make it apparent in the film. Like, yeah, like I don't like the after the fact stuff. We just yeah. need it in the movie. You, like we need the context in the movie. Exactly. Um, um, I think we forgot one critical thing like to criticize and it was Martian Manhunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talking so much. They just put him in the film for shits and giggles, honestly. The, the scene with... Um, Martha Kent and Lois Lane talking, I'm sure was originally Martha Kent talking to Lois Lane, not Martian Manhunter. Because it felt like they made, they refilmed the scene of like him, her walking out and turning into Martian Manor. I feel like they just ended that scene and went back to, because they're just trying to show that she's grieving. It makes no sense for Martian Manhunter to help her get over their, her grief. Like, why would he do that? Like, yeah, like it just, there was no, there was no reason did, for it. And how he knew everything about Martha's life. And what exactly to say to be believable? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't make any sense. And then he just shows up and he's like, some people call me Martian Manhunter. And I'm like, oh my God, man. Just call yourself (laughs) John. No one knows that you're on the planet. Who the fuck calls you Martian Manhunter? (laughs) Yeah, like, it's like, who who are these people? Well, yeah, like, it's just like he's Star-Lord just name dropping himself. Just use your normal name. Like, Yeah, like, it just... It seemed forced. Like that's that's the best way to put it. Like he's a cool character. Like obviously, but looked great. He looked great. Fantastic yeah. CGI uh, for him for sure. And like another question that like was brought up for me when we saw him in like I want to say like the middle and then at the very end, where was he? Like during he was just the chilling. whole. Yeah, like he was just chilling. Like he was like, nope, I'm not going to reveal myself until after the fact. Yeah, 
I know, I know Superman's alive, and I know they're going somewhere really dangerous and fighting Dark Side and all that stuff. But you know, I'm just gonna hang back just in case. Yeah, I'm gonna call myself Martian Manhunter and just sit in my chair. That's another thing that I didn't quite get. Like they, uh, what they could have done is that nightmare scene, that refilmed nightmare scene that they put in the end. Why didn't they put Martian Manhunter in that? Yeah, like where is he? Like it seems like he's supposed to be there, but they don't actually tell you where he is. Yeah, like they could have because they refilmed that scene at the end when they show him again because Bruce Wayne, like Ben Affleck, looks a lot different. Like he looks like he lost some muscle, more gaunt type thing there. Like it was mm-hmm. clearly filmed later on um, from the original film. Um, or they could just be saying times passed in the film. I don't care. I don't care about the logic right now. But anyway, um, they they ref- they refilmed that. Uh, that scene with Ben Affleck and Martian Manhunter. They did that. That's brand new. So is the Nightmare thing. So why couldn't they bring Martian Manhunter into the Nightmare? I, I don't know why not. Like, they should have just done it. So we could have gotten more of him in something a little more cooler than just, oh, helping Lois grieve. And, oh, hi, I'm here. I'll see you guys around. My name is Martian Manhunter. Like, <laughs> Yeah, just very useless scenes for a yeah, cool character. Yeah, they, I don't know. They just felt really added on type yeah. thing. Um, this is like, we'll probably, I think we're through all the news, but this is just a question that I thought to myself. It's like, like, will Shazam and, and Green Lantern, like, I know they mentioned the Green Lanterns, but like, how is that gonna, those two characters, like, how are they going to fit in if this ever does continue? Now, the DCEU is continuing, but with different directors, different people. It's not Zack Snyder's original vision. And that's okay. That's the MCU. The MCU has a bunch of different visions they put into movies and stuff like that, and they all connect in some way. Yeah. Um, we're getting a Green Lantern HBO Max show by Mark Guggenheimen, the guy that's mainly came out with most CW shows. So I was a little worried about the CW part of it, but if it's an HBO Max show, they have bigger budgets. They got. Yeah. They make. They could make it like a Falcon, the Winter Soldier, or like a Wanda Vision, and they could introduce all the Green Lanterns of Earth. Um, that would be really cool. I, I think that would be perfect. And I would totally 100% watch that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of CW, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, Superman and Lois. I know we'll cover this in, I think, our next episode or the episode yeah. after that. But their budget, apparently, was the same as Supergirl's. And the scenes look amazing. Like It's like almost like they upped it or got a little more budget. Really? I haven't personally watched it yet. I was going to, but then I got distracted. Um <laughs> I, from what I've seen, it looks great. Like the, the scenes that I've seen on Twitter and all that other stuff, it does look like a well-funded show. Uh, I do not, I watched like the first season of Supergirl. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, I do not remember how good the CGI was in that. I do not remember, but we can definitely look into it for sure. So I do have one more thing to say uh, okay. that I find a little funny. So that's the only reason I'm going to say it. And then I think we're going to end this off with a little goodbye. Uh, yeah. What is bleak? Justice is gray. Zack Snyder calls the black and white edition of Snyder Cut the ultimate version of Justice League. And I'm going to say this once, and I saw it on Twitter in response to this. I think it was from a comic book writer named Dan Slott, who's phenomenal. He said, that's pretty bold of a decision to remove the 2% of color that was in the film in the first place. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> because it is a very dark film. There is not a lot of bright color. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. So I think that's pretty, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, we will see you next time. Yeah. Okay. See you guys. Yeah.